to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner. <laughs> May I introduce you to Film Lords, Jen? Hey! <laughs> and Ange. Hello, good morning. It feels great to see you guys through a screen. Yeah, it's kind of real and it's appropriate. We're talking about screens, we're talking about movies, TV, and what a time to be alive. I mean, you can virtually justify staying home and watching old DVDs, which is what I've been doing. I watched Nosferatu the other night. Which one? The 1920s one. Right. That's impressive. And isn't it funny how things relate back to coronavirus? Because I didn't pick that intentionally, but then in the movie it turns out that the uh, Nosferatu, the vampire, is kind of a scapegoat for the plague, which is like the disease of the time. And Mm -hmm. it's just funny watching things and, you know, you just think like, oh, you know, coronavirus there, coronavirus there, you couldn't shake hands anymore. You know, like everything is just seen through this lens. Yeah, can't help but see everything through a lens of coronavirus. Uh, coronavirus, yeah. coronavirus, coronavirus. <laughs> Can we say it again? Uh, let's try and let's try and uh, I don't know, give some distraction today though, because I feel like people are I don't know done with it. But I guess it's inevitable. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Let's go into movie news because I'm bored of talking about coronavirus. We did manage to, though, talk to American writer-director Desiree Akaban a week ago. Hang on a second, Jen. Movie news. Sorry, I don't know if you could hear that. I just played the movie news sting. <laughs> okay, we are, we are getting used to the new normal, but... Let's talk about Disney first, because I've seen a lot of memes that make out like Disney freaks are winning right now with all of this time inside, but it seems like it might not be the case. That's right. Um, Over to you, Jen. It's a bit of a nightmare. We've talked about all the films that have been cancelled or rescheduled this year, um, but it does seem like Netflix and Disney are going to own the entirety of the film industry, which takes us back to this time in like the 1930s when they had to break up all of the cinema chains when all the studios also own the distribution. So we're entering a pretty dark and narrow phase of existence. They've rescheduled everything. We were going to read out the rescheduled. And then we thought, why does Disney need any more press? So instead, I went out to find what our favourite filmmakers have been doing in isolation. And I found this beautiful quote from a Pitchapong Ristakul, who is the director of Uncle Boon Me, who can recall his past lives and has a film called Memoria coming out with big cars at Tilda Swineflu. Uh, it's going to be coming out hopefully later this year. It was going to go to Cannes, but obviously that's never going to happen. Um, should I read this, Andrea, or should I paraphrase? Yeah, read it out or paraphrase. I think this would be nice for people in quarantine to think about. I don't know. I don't know. Andre is like very against people reading poetry in quarantine. He wrote in Thailand. I have a Marian plum tree at my home. Previously, I didn't pay much attention to it because it was mostly I was mostly away. A few weeks ago, when I started to spend time at home, I tried the fruit. It was the most satisfying flavour. Sweet, sour, fresh, the taste of summer. I now have it every day at breakfast and dinner. I send a lot of them to my sister, my ex-boyfriend. So far, I haven't been able to deplete the tree of its fruits. It keeps sprouting new ones. I viewed the phenomenon as a mystery verging on magic. I peer at the tree at night to see the orange dots visible in the dark. 
Normally when plants at home produce unusual amounts of fruits and flowers, they tell us that they are trying to spawn because they're dying. So I look at the flowers with an anticipation of death. I'm concerned that this plum tree is relaying the same communication just when I started to appreciate its value. This thought makes each fruit taste even more exquisite. I honor the conversation by keeping the seeds for so. They will grow very well in the approaching rainy season. Guys, nature is healing. There you go. Nature is healing, but can I just say a picture pong? Answer my emails. I've been sending you scripts, film links, uh, my bio for the past two years. Get to those emails. All right, let's talk about this. Yes? I told you not to hang up on me. What do you want? To talk. Well, dial someone else, okay? I can't separate Scream and Scary Movie in my mind, but tell us what's happening with the Scream uh, series. Yes. So in a really exciting new form of pitching, Rose McGowan, actor and activist, has got onto a conversation with Indie Wire and they were talking about the Scream franchise, which she famously starred in. She played Tatum Riley. For those who don't remember, Rose McGowan's character got, um, uh, come si dice, sliced in a garage door as the way that she was murdered. But basically in this interview with Indie Wire, she pitched this awesome new Scream reboot, which would come after four movies and a TV show and was like, y'all, we should get my character's sister to come back, avenge me. Maybe she comes out of a psych ward and she's really, really ready to go back and just avenge her sister. And she basically pitched this whole new idea that would involve her coming back. And why this is interesting is because we all know Rose McGowan has been really active in her activism and her outspoken attitudes towards Harvey Weinstein. And she's claimed that she would never act ever again. But if this Scream reboot were to happen, she may find herself putting on her acting shoes, which I love. Jen, are you ready for this Rose McGowan-themed reboot? I'm ready for Blumhouse to take this on. I'm ready for Jamie Lee Curtis to come on and uh, um, Ghost Killer. Is it Ghost Killer? I think think I'm also ready for her to direct. Is that too far? Ghostface. (laughs) I'm ready for her to direct. Uh, Even though her music videos were a little bit cringe. Hey, just quickly, uh, tell us about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Call Me By Your Name. What's going on with those two? So I wanted to open this as what what news is worse? The fact that Quentin Tarantini is writing a novelization of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or that Timothée Chalamet and Ami Hammer have both been confirmed for Call Me By Your Name too. You decide which one's worse. I'm not going to comment because there's too much negativity floating around the airwaves, but I'm going to go as far as to say that Call Me By Your Name 2 is probably worse news than novelization of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Don't pretend that all the porn you've been watching quarantine doesn't look exactly like Call Me By Your Name and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> oh my God, this is so true. This is true. But it also looks a lot like Matrix 4, which has also been stalled. So when I start hearing about Matrix 4, that's when I'll get excited. Okay, that was movie news. Coming up next is True Reviews. And we're going to be looking at a four influential meme artists who are performing live meme-making challenges in order to free themselves. It's free to watch online. Find out what it is in two reviews up next on Movies, Movies, Movies. Eve Tamar with Superstars. You're listening to Mornings on FBI 94.5. One. No, no, no. Two reviews. Two reviews. Give me more reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. 
now time for each film lord to give you a review of something they've watched this week and let you know whether or not it's worth checking out. Let's start with Andre's review of Hypernormalization. Kissinger will be arriving here about an hour and a half from now. We've got some more acid over here if you want to go ahead and drop realized I've seen this before. It was uh, during a phase of mine where I was going online and watching the scariest documentaries about capitalism and like how effed the world is. And mm. I don't know what that phase was about, but I just wanted to like, I just wanted to know everything that was wrong with the world for some reason. And I feel like hypernormalization does a good job of like really wrapping that all up in one. This is a perfect movie for you, Brady, because it's basically a filmed version of Reddit. If you just want to find a, a three-hour dictionary of Reddit, you can just watch an Adam Curtis documentary. So a bit about Adam Curtis. He's this really famous, renowned British documentarian. He does talk to you and he narrates his documentaries, so it's didactic. You're being spoken to. Traditionally, I don't like being spoken to uh, or told what to do outside of the bedroom, but this is a different kind of form of explanation because he takes the archive of BBC, so all the footage that you see on the news, and he repurposes it into a huge long-form history lesson. So basically hypernormalization, which came out in 2016, is a lecture with as much detail as any existential meme and any kind of breakdown tutorial you've seen on YouTube with... Uh, a soundtrack that is honestly as good as Gossip Girl season one. It's got so many beats and so much information. It's going to make your head explode. And if you've ever had an unsolicited conversation with a UCID student about alternative socialism outside Newtown Station, only to follow him to lentils anything and then let him degrade you with his big D, and by D I mean Dostoevsky, and enjoyed it, then you are going to love Adam Curtis. He takes all these different ideas and juxtaposes them, such as the American Middle East conflict, online hysteria, real-life hysteria, and he controversially uses cutting in a really specific and pointed way that will almost make you say, yo, are you a Russian formalist filmmaker from the 1920s? Shout out to Nostaratu. Here's an example. He has footage of, uh, you know, all the types of crazy malware that happens online and then he'll cut between footage of people diving into the deep dark dark web committing acts of torture online overseas and then he'll cut to like a kim kardashian makeup tutorial to kind of make you you know confront the idea that everyone's operating in this really twisted landscape to which i'm a bit like okay i call bullshit on some of your claims but if you like being told who to look up and where to go for your next deep dive search this is the film for you, and here are the names that I've drawn from the three-hour documentary, Anne Bogart, MIA, Ayn Rand, and Vladislav Surkov, who was a former theatre practitioner, who then became a politician who basically had a job of puppeteering the entire Russian population to get Vladimir Putin into office. End of story. Jen, this is your recommendation. I have to say, thank you. It was three hours long, which I was sceptical about at first, but 
totally worth the deep dive. What do you think? Yeah, I know the the film is almost as long as your review, but it does jam a lot in. And I mean, people really get in. For me, Adam Curtis has always worked in a newsroom, and as someone who's worked in a newsroom, he captures the essence of what it's like to be like bombarded with information and then have to try and make sense of it. It's just a shame that his point of view is so beam me up, soft boy. But I um, do appreciate him a lot. And I think his movies are really cool. And I love the music. I love hearing burial over shots of, you know, birds and AI. Jen, let's start with you for, in a word, what would you give hypernormalization? Ooh, um, yeah, burial. Ange? Burial. Uh, mine's a hyphenated word and it's to do with newsrooms. Uh, my word is not dash junkie. Very good. Hey, you're on Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings and you just heard the one review for hypernormalization. You can stream that for free. Filmsforaction.com is where to go. Now, Fillmore Jen is going to give us a review of Bottom Text. Oh, the Bottom Text. Welcome to the Bottom Text. This is the top of the Bottom Text. We are your crew. The bottom text, and uh, welcome to your show as well as ours. We don't do this just uh, for us. This is for you, the audience. We have a special Okay, that just cut out uh, <laughs> the internet connection, obviously. <laughs> Can't handle that. Okay, slightly, but, but you get the idea. Okay, this is four people hosting this uh, internet meme sort of forum, and they have to make memes to, like, pass challenges. Tell us about bottom text. Jen? Yeah, I guess you could call it a game show. It's kind of like a slow cinema, kitchen bench realist game show where four meme lords, Jinkazama, Gay Vape Sharp, Males Are Cancelled and Meme for Speed, all sit together, look at the current meme trend for about an hour every episode on adultswim.com. It's free to anyone. And then every now and then this little timer will come up and collectively they have to use their shared consciousness to develop a meme and post it, which aren't as good as their individual memes. So I wish that it proved that community trumped or terrorism, but it's not quite there for me. It's low core. It's like radio. It's honestly like the Marie Kondo of radio, video radio. How where so? They hold the meme. They kind of hold a meme and then see if it sparks joy. And if it doesn't, they move on. But if it does, they kind of add it to their collective um, trough. Um, which, I mean, are there people who did Marie Kondo last year and are now stuck in their houses? Like, oh, my God, all I have is white walls and, like, one indoor plant. Because I'm glad I didn't get into that trend. <laughs> I'm glad I'm still surrounded by all my crap. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. There's so much to go through. It's like the thing that didn't spark joy last year is sparking joy now. So, but back to and also not to chime in, not to like keep going on the Marie Kondo point, but like if you have stuff that doesn't love you back, why do you have it at all? That's my two cents. Well, that's what Marie Kondo is saying, but I don't like who cares. Anyway, I think it's truth telling for the deeply anxious, and it's really nice to have on in the background while you do some craft or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying be productive during quarantine, but I am saying don't just do nothing. So is Bottom Text hour-long episodes? Hour-ish. Sometimes they're longer, sometimes they're shorter. They're not really a slot. So you can just go on and they're updated every week. Except they haven't done one recently. They did do a Zoom episode the start of March, but I'm nervous that they're on hiatus. But there's heaps uh, of episodes to catch up on. An important thing to mention here is that Bottom Text is Adult Swim. So you can expect uh, it's made by people 
people who grew up on psychedelic dark cartoons and who are now stone yeah. intellectuals, which we're all fine with. But it's, uh, I think if we had to like relay it to a period of Brady's life, it's definitely Brady's a uh, stoner times. I want to say maybe like year 11, year 12, um, experimenting, yeah. thinking about moving to Sydney, but also like making everything into a joke. Am I right or am I wrong? I did, I did yeah. used to like robot chicken. Is, is that so bad? I think I think it's beyond bottom text, honestly. The way you land without laughing, that's bottom text to me. That's where they Yeah, are. honestly. They if you like bottom text, listen to RML straight after this. <laughs> nice plug. What would you give bottom text in a word? Bottom. Oh, bottom and tops <laughs> at the same time. We're in sync. I love it. I just love it so much. Uh, I feel really grounded when I watch it. This is movies, movies, movies. <laughs> Exposing ourselves, sorry. <laughs> hey, we're going to come back with an interview with Desiree Arkavan. You're on FBI 94.5, movies, movies, movies on mornings. And for a little bit of a special treat for you, Film Lords Jen and Andre caught up with Desiree Arkavan. Uh, Ange, tell us who Desiree is and what she's made. Desiree Arkavan is kind of the sort of poppin' indie filmmaker of the moment and she's kind of maintained that title since her first film came out in 2014-15. She heralds from the New York mumblecore scene and she makes kind of, you know, cosmopolitan comedies. But most recently you might know her work, The Miseducation of Cameron Post, which is about a young girl being forced into gay conversion therapy and it was starring Chloe Grace Moretz, who we all remember from Kick-Ass. That premiered at the Sydney Film Festival in 2018. And Jen, tell us a little bit about what hap- what um, w- you talk about in this interview and what Desiree's sort of uh, vibe is. Well, Desiree had just been in Australia and when quarantine was announced in New York, she raced back to be near her family and consequently thought she had coronavirus and was locked in this basement apartment, terrified for her life and honestly really over being recommended lists of movies but she still recommended a list anyway, and that's what we'll be listening to. We were under dire straits in this circumstance, so please forgive the audio, but also who can tell what's going to happen during this apocalypse? <laughs> All right, here we go. Desiree Arkavan talking to Film Lords Jen and Ange. Desiree Akhavan, and I'm talking. <laughs> Is it SBI? It's FBI. F- okay, FBI. Sorry, so female body inspectors. Okay, wait. I'm not at home. That's the thing that sucks right now. Right. I'm in quarantine in like some random space because my place is unavailable. I really want to rewatch The Piano Teacher, and what else do I want to rewatch? Oh, um, Amal Duvar is all but my mother. Like, there are some, like, films I love that I, I want to rewatch, but I actually have a little list to remember. What do you guys want to do? And then, like, well, tell me while I pull this up. Well, I have uh, four DVDs here. First up, I got Amy Sedaris, Strangers with Candy, season one. Um, mm. Jen's got But I'm a Cheerleader. Give me some Natasha. I have the first season of The Wire because I've never watched it and I'm sick of people asking me to watch it. My brother keeps saying that to me and I tried and I fell asleep. I tried to watch the new season of The Plot Against America the other night, but I definitely fell asleep. So one thing I watched on my way back from Australia last week 
was Center Stage, which is this dance movie that if you like Dance Academy, the Australian TV show about teen dancers that I love, you will love Center Stage. It's an amazing, very white movie about a very mediocre girl who's the least interesting part about it. But the most interesting part are these like these male dancers who play with their heart. It's amazing. I will say, okay, um, Sophie Hyde and I watched The Castle together and it was amazing. I had never seen The Castle and I feel like I understand Australians better after having seen that. So if you want some old school lols. The Castle is why no one's isolating in Australia right now. I hear you. It's so, it's wonderful. And then <laughs> I can't wait to rewatch Muriel's Wedding. It's another film I really want to rewatch. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. And especially now after having spent a month in um, Adelaide, I feel like it's time to revisit Muriel, Muriel Hesloff. America loves Muriel's Wedding. I, it, it's magic. I mean, I am Muriel, so I just really, I, it's my story. That's why. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thanks for, for talking. See you guys. Bye. And that is Desiree Arkavan talking to Film Lords Jen and Andre about the castle and murals wedding. How do you feel about Australian cinema getting that sort of like stereotypical, you know, summarized play to the crowd? Yeah, to the wrong crowd, right, Andre? Oh, big time. I wouldn't watch any of those recommended, recommended. I wouldn't watch any of those recommended films, but I also respect that as someone who doesn't live in Australia, you'd be attracted to those kinds of comedies because I'm an Australian watching Desiree Archivan. So it's just flipped and reversed. I would watch Centre Stage, but looking up the Centre Stage trailer, I found out that in Black Swan, Natalie Portman only did like 30% of the actual dancing and they silenced and erased the ballerina who actually did all the dancing so that Natalie could win an Academy Award. Yeah, but Jen, Black Swan did so much for the dance community. Let's be honest, okay? It showed the world that all you had to do was get in touch with Natalie Portman and Darren Aronofsky and you could have a dance film that could do well, okay? Let's just remember that. Bridie, what would you watch out of Desiree's recommendations? Um, I guess... I I'm, maybe watch The Castle and Muriel's Wedding again. I've only seen Muriel's Wedding once. For The Castle, I think I've seen too many times now. Come on, someone watch Almodovar. Watch All About My Mother. Have a cry. Oh, sweetie Petey, I'm down for Almodovar. Honestly, Jen, I can't wait for you to come back to Sydney, quarantine with me, and we can watch all of Pedro Almodovar. Hey, Film Lords, why don't you send us in a list of Desiree's recommendations? Because I was a little bit hard of hearing during that interview, and we'll post them on the uh, FBI Radio website, fbiradio.com. Just click on the Mornings Program page, and you can see them all there, as well as get a link to the two reviews of the Film Lords and more for Movies, Movies, Movies. Yes, Jen. And shameless self-plug, for the entirety of April at 6pm every night on 7thgallery.org, you can watch our movies that we're putting up. That's right. 7thgallery.org? That's right, Bryce. We did a shameless plug last week. We introduced it on Sydney Spotlight. All of our films, new ones, old ones, still in production ones, are being screened on 7thgallery.org from 7pm. Oh, no, 6pm, because daylight savings, y'all. Every night... Check them out. Savings. <laughs> I'm happy to chew up the last five megabytes of my uh, phone data to watch that. So thank you so much, Film Lords, for putting that content out there on the internet for us. 
And thanks for Movies, Movies, Movies. We'll catch you next Monday. Bye. Love you. Bye, love you. This is Paul Salou with Frontline Language Warning. And coming up, we'll tell you where you can get God Tet in your lounge room tonight. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.